Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is Tuesday night and it is Liam Kennedy night. And uh, Liam uh, surprised us when he came on air <laughs> with his Bobby Dazzler shirt. So I thought I'd uh, dig mine out before we came on air. So that's why we're slightly late. Uh, you got a bit carried away with the sun, Liam. Honestly, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't help myself. You've just pulled us off the set of Club Chopper <laughs> well, I thought I'd dig this one out because the fans love it, of course. Um, I, I went on and did Sky Sports News a couple, um, probably about 18 months now ago and told Mike Ashley to get out of our club. And uh, I had this shirt on and great. I've never had as many um, uh, insults or compliments about the same shirt. Like So it's hung in the wardrobe all the way through lockdown. But the weather's changing. It might be time to start wearing this on my walk and then people will be able to easily be able to identify us. But uh, yeah. Good to have a bit of a laugh. Uh, we've been you know, been too much doom and gloom surrounding Newcastle United this season, so you know we might as well create a little bit of a party atmosphere. Liam, the sun's out, uh, although the snow is coming at the weekend, but that's no surprise because Newcastle's playing again. Uh, <laughs> the doom and gloom. Right, we've got to put this right because poor Jeff has kept kept messaging week in week out um, about this uh, deal, and we'll keep we'll keep missing it. He says I ask Liam the same question every week. What is the real story with the Joe Linton deal, or why is this question avoided? So, let's start with it, Liam. I know that you're not uh, the chief executive of the club yet, but do you know anything about it? Is that, you know, can, can we shed any more light on it? Because there's so many stories and so many rumours. I mean, we started probably most of them on this show when we first started, saying that he <laughs> must be on a Paisley plane, etc., etc. But, you know, what's, what's your view? What, what's your view, and what do you know about that contract? You do hear a little bit and snippets uh, uh, sort of out there about the, the deal because it is such a strange, unique deal in, in the sort of Mike Ashley landscape at Newcastle United. But cheers for the question, Jeff. Appreciate it. Keep it coming in. Um, I can't really shed a lot of light. I mean, there is the talk that that we'll go back to the, the interview that he did and he talked about Rafa Benitez and saying he would pay £20 million out of his own pocket to fund the deal if Rafa Benitez had stayed. Now, Rafa Benitez left. I don't believe that that did happen. That's my understanding. I don't believe he funded any of it himself to keep the budget high. Um, that's probably a little bit of information I can shed on it. I don't believe that was the case. Um, 40 million. There's been a lot of talk. I've seen I've seen reports from the Chronicle from uh, really respectable people who've said that it was an upfront deal. It was, it was cash up front. And I think that's probably come from the club. Um, do I believe that to be the case? Probably not. What I can say is that that when they announced the Almiron deal, which was six months previous to that, um, the almost the the carrot dangled for Benitez saying, "Look here, we can deliver what you want." They, they announced that as a club record deal. It was announced as a twenty-one million pound deal. Um, it never the, the upfront fee never broke um, Alan Shearer's fee or um, or Michael Owen's fee. So really, it wasn't it wasn't a, a record breaking transfer. So I think by sort of using that as a judge, you can probably guess that the forty million fee that was announced almost certainly, and I don't know this for a fact, Jeff. I can't say for certain, but I would almost certainly say the forty million um, is one of these when you casinated lump in um, agent fees, the lump in um, uh, wages, the lump in a number of other things that other clubs don't don't put on top of a, a deal up front anyway. Um, so yeah, I'll be very surprised if it was the forty million that everybody thinks or has been quoted. Because I can only reflect on the six months previous with the Almiron deal, and I know for a fact that that didn't even break Michael Owens. So even though they said that it did, yeah, um, it was a big con. Caveat, it was all, 
it, it was, was a big con because at the time the fans were the fans were the fans obviously leaving in the thousands. Uh, Ten thousand gap, of course, at St James's Park. You know, in the last season uh, where we're all there. Uh, giving away tickets at Christmas time to, to fill the stand up, but yeah, it was a PR it was a PR uh, job on the fans. Yeah. You know, it's our biggest signing, and um, you know the fans don't get fooled very easily at Newcastle, and, and stories don't stay secret for very long. So that was soon uh, that was soon knocked down, and it would surprise me, Jeff, if there the, is not a similar story with the Joe Linton thing. Forty million pounds, very surprised. You know, on on that deal, there's definitely some way. It'll come out at some point, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll find out, but um, we don't know as as such yet. Bede says, question for Stephen Liam. Do you think Ashley is standing by Bruce? Because he's a yes man. Lots to talk about Steve Bruce this week, Liam, because he's not going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. Good question as well, Bede. Um, I do think he is a yes man. I think there is a, there is a positive personal relationship between Ashley and Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce is the type that... When financial implications, and that's, you know, even if we didn't have relegation on the cards here, we're, talk, we're going into a potential real, uh, I wrote a story on it last week about short short to medium term, um, a, a frugal, uh, really tight uh, budget coming up when you cast United over the next window, couple of windows, just because the, it's, a, it's a club that looks after itself, it's self-sufficient, and the money hasn't been coming in. They're going to have to pay out rebates on tickets, pay out rebates on um, on uh, TV deals, etc. They haven't had the commercial revenue that they've had previously. And this is where you need uh, a benefactor to, to step in, as in Mike Ashley, to say, right, hand in pocket, look, go and sign him for 20 million, I'll pay for it. But he's never been like that and he never will be like that, especially not in the, the current climate when he's so desperate to get rid of the football club. Um, but yeah, and I think those conversations are very easy to have with Steve Bruce. Um, I'm led to believe they've had these type of conversations and, and they've been um, quite amicable and, and I think when um, Ashley's gone from the, the constant sort of bashing of heads with Benitez which happened for years that I think I think he's he's more than happy for, for a Steve Bruce to come along much in the same way that an Alan Pardew did um, and just accept the, the, the reality of the situation um, and that's where Benitez and people don't from the outside in don't understand that that's where Benitez differs Benitez always differs that he fought for what was right um, and he didn't just accept. Um, yeah. there, there's got to be a little bit of that. There's got to be a little bit of accepting the and being pragmatic with it. But he fought for what he thought was worth fighting for. That we all believe too. And he wasn't a yes man. And I think we've gone um, full circle. And we've probably got the biggest yes man that we've ever had. Um, in, under That's a good point at the moment, in my opinion. It's a good point. Yeah, Rafa was and Rafa was very cute. He knew how to play the politics. He had this all at Liverpool, uh, albeit a more successful club in recent years, and, and and he'd had the same kind of battles with the owners there. So he was, you know, he was used to it. And the very smart thing he did was getting the fans on board from the early early days, and he had the fans' support. So yeah, well done to, to Rafa. Bruce will will never be fit to lick or tie his laces. Uh, ultimately, he's not that kind of person. And um, yeah, it's a nightmare. We've just got to hope he gets enough points to stay up and that, you know, we can, you know, can hopefully look forward to uh, something happening with this takeover. Uh, Darren Cowan says, Liam, with Gail and Shaw signing new deals, are we building for the championship? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Um, I know that's an easy way for people to look at things, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. Um, have I missed something? I've been out in the sun today, as you can tell by my shirt. But Shaw hasn't signed a new deal, has he? I think there's a lot of talk that? about. I think there's a lot 
I think there's a lot of talk about it. It was talked about last night. I've got to be honest. I I, I scoured the internet and there was very little. I think he may be in talks. Yeah. Gail signing for me. We discussed it on ladies' night last I'll night. I'll tell you what. What's your take on? Yeah, Gale? I'll tell you my understanding on Shaw. Right. So firstly, I'll, I'll sort of Shaw first. Shaw's got an option. The, there's, the club have got an option to extend Shaw. His, his deal's up in the summer. They've got an option. Add add a year onto that. Now I suspect whatever happens, they will add that year. Um, because it'll be it'll be protecting the fee, and I, and I, I would suspect that Shaw will move on, even if Newcastle United stay in the Premier League. Um, I think he'll move on this summer. Um, with Gale, I'll be honest, and people may may or may, or may not agree, but I, I find it really hard to criticise. I think it's a tick all boxes kind of deal. Um, I think they're protecting the fee. I think we obviously, of course, as a club, an ambitious club, would want to move on from Dwight Gale. He's, we've been trying to replace him for about five years now, um, but. In the, the situation that we're in at the moment, he's there if we need him next season because he's the type of player you would be signing if you get relegated. Um, so it ticks that box, but it also ticks the box if you stay up. Um, it sort of potentially allows him to move on um, for a Fulham or something. You wanted him three years ago. You can maybe take, just let's talk hypotheticals. You could turn around to Fulham and say, look, you wanted to pay 15 million to 20 million from three years ago. Do you want to take him for five? And you make money. It's not to me. It's a it's a little bit of a no brainer, um, and I'm not 100 percent certain it's a full three years that he's got. But obviously that's what's been reported. I would suspect it's probably closer to two with an option, um, and which a lot of these deals are. Um, but I don't necessarily think that I mean they're, they're preparing for the championship. But I do think the signing of Gale ticks that box. Um, should Jacob Murphy um, get another year? That would be very similar. Should uh, Andy Carroll get another year, you'd probably say similar. But what I would also say is that uh, I think this summer's going to be, I've said it on here before, and I don't know if it's really sinking in with people, but I really wouldn't, um, unless there's a takeover before the summer, I really wouldn't be banking on a lot of deals being done at Newcastle United. I think there's, I think it's going to be a real struggle. I mentioned on it on here, probably all the way back to the January window, that Newcastle United do not see them shelling out major money on anybody I think um, any massive overhaul is going to be difficult. I think even players, your saleable assets this summer become uncertain because money isn't washing around like it was last season or the season before or beyond or further back. Some clubs that may have quite willingly shelled out 35 million for Miguel Almiron or, or Alan St. Maximin or 25 million for Martin Dubravka, if you get relegated, for example. Uh, probably wouldn't go for that much, but you know what I mean. Twenty million, fifteen million. Um, I just don't know if it'll be there. I, d I don't know. I don't know. You might find that, that players moving players on might be quite difficult. And I think there's a there's a lot of um, putting the cornerstones of a squad together. I think you'll find a lot of a lot of people um, using the free market, using the loan market. There'll probably be a lot of loan deals with. You might this there might be moved towards sort of maybe two year loan deals, things like that. Um, whereby certain amounts get paid in instalment. Um, I just think we're probably going to see a lot of changes to a summer transfer market. Um, and I think Newcastle are probably not doing themselves. It, it doesn't look great. We all want to improve on Dwight Gale, but I think it probably ticks a lot of boxes um, in the current situation Newcastle need to find themselves in. Look, ask me, do I think Newcastle need to improve on Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll? Absolutely. Absolutely. They really need to, no matter what they do. But... Um, Pragmatism comes into this a little bit, and I think that I think they're just covering it all bases, and I can't really criticise them for it either. 
No, no, me neither. Um, next question. James, do you think Ashley's standing by Bruce because the previous two times the club's been relegated? Ashley's appointed Shearer and Rafa but still ended up in the same outcome, relegation. Uh, cheers for the question, James. I think it's flawed logic, but do I think it's uh, possibly the route that they're going down? Yeah, I think it, it seems to be... It's been suggested by uh, certain people with excellent contacts uh, in the national media that that's the route that... Uh, Mike Ashley's going down, and I think it's hard to argue with that. Um, I seen I seen there was a suggestion from Simon Bird today in an opinion piece. He was talking about that notion that that sticking was better than twisting. Not that he was suggesting that was right, but in in Ashley's thinking, uh, he may see sticking as better than twisting because you look at Carver kept them up, you look at Pardew kept them up with the flirtations of relegation. Um, then you look at uh, you look at the likes of Shira coming in with was it eight games. And Rafa with a little bit more, it didn't. And the two times that there were changes made that Newcastle didn't steal. Again, like I say, it's flawed logic because I, I believe Steve Bruce is the root cause and issue in a lot of the problems that Newcastle United face now on the field and in football and sense. Let's not talk Mike Ashley. Let's cut him out of the equation for this 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 conversation. But the root cause of the squad problems, the root cause of the really poor results, the root cause of the terrible football, the root cause of the inexplicable um, uh, decision-making in terms of selection, all of that comes down onto Steve Bruce. And I think he's a toxic member of this Newcastle-nated coaching staff. And I think if you just plucked him out, I think you would probably see a 5 to 10% boost, which is probably all it's going to take in certain games from a lot of the players. And I think Newcastle would get the results to steal. I don't believe it's too late. I think they could make that change. They are not going to make that change. So it's all hypothetical. But I think I think it's that's why I'm saying, James, that it's flawed, flawed logic that I do believe if they did change, I think they would secure their Premier League safety. Um, I think not changing is a much, much bigger risk because you've got that, you've still got that toxic uh, manager, head coach, sorry, um, who is still selecting a team, um, putting square pegs in round holes, but not really having a massive say on the training pitch, not really having a massive say in terms of the training of the players day to day. Les, uh, Lee Taylor says, do you think Florian Lejeune should be given a fresh start next season because it was reported today that he is uh, Alves's La Liga's best player? Yeah, I've seen that. Um, if you ask me personally, I like Florian Lejeune and I'd like to see him back in Newcastle United. Um, if if the status quo remains in the next season and Steve Bruce remains as the manager, I would almost I'll put money on it and say we will not see Florian Lejeune back in Newcastle United. He doesn't like him, doesn't fancy him, and that's why he sent him out. It wasn't a case of go and get games so It was a case of see you later. I don't think he fancies him. Um, I always go back to the conversations uh, in his first season that he would always talk about the the strength and depth that Newcastle had in that department. One of the things he said was, oh, everyone keeps telling us that Florian Lejeune, I remember him saying it in a press conference that I was present, everyone keeps telling me Florian Lejeune is the best of the bunch and we're yet to see him yet because he was injured at the time. I just believe that almost, you can almost see, he's almost built this player up or people have built them up. And then the reality of it when he was being thrown in, we know Florian Lejeune is a very slow starter, takes a little bit of time to get into his game um, when he's been injured, um, just that type of player. Um, he didn't perform well last season, and I think, I think, um, I think his his Newcastle United memory, I would suspect, would probably just be that Everton game, the Everton fight back, the two goals, fantastic overhead kick, etc. Because um, I'd be very surprised to see Florian Lejeune back in black and white. Hopefully, okay. I'm wrong. I could be proved wrong, but who knows? 
Yeah, I mean, he could do better up front, couldn't he? After them two goals at Everton. Uh, Peter Peter Robson says, Good evening, gents. Question for Liam. After Bruce inevitably moves on from Newcastle, whether voluntary or sacked, do you see a future in the game for him? And if so, where? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think this is the end for him. Um, I would suspect he'd probably get plenty of job offers um, in desperation. That doesn't mean he's. That doesn't mean he's. Um, he's not yesterday's man. Of course he is. But, but um, a lot of people who own football clubs and chairmen are yesterday's thinkers as well. So it wouldn't surprise me that if he got a job, if he got a job, left Newcastle and within within three months um, was sitting somewhere mid table in the championship. Um, because a lot will just look at his. Um, oh, cheers, Keith. That's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Fancy <laughs> coming on and saying that. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was quite nice when I bought this. You're talking about Keith? Uh, no, so I think I think Bruce would get a job, no bother. Uh, I really do. Um, like I say, there's a lot of yesterday's thing, as in boardrooms, um, up and down the country, so don't be surprised if he pops up somewhere else after Newcastle. But I genuinely think he's... I'm, I'm really fearful he's got. He's, he's going to see how he's dealing at Newcastle. I really am. Um, whether we still I mean, up or go down. It's interesting, because Luke Edwards did put a story out Peter says it's a clickbait story about a meeting that was frantic yesterday. Um, reports I've heard was there wasn't really a meeting. Um, but, you know, look, it's we're coming to the funny season. We're funny part of the season. We're coming at the business end. Um, you know, it's a bit late for meetings, I'm afraid, about Steve Bruce's job. Um, it's all about getting it right on the training ground, hoping the players that come back are going to bounce back into the team and do what they haven't really been doing all season. It's about getting points, you know. All the meetings in the world isn't going to save this now. It's it's down to Bruce and his coaching staff getting this right and getting the team motivated and getting points on the board, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, look, if there's been meetings, that they're long overdue. You know what I mean? It's 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 like uh, shutting the door for the horse's ball. That we've all known since the morning when they briefed um, briefed journalists that uh, Steve Bruce will be remaining. Um, a lot of the stuff this week, obviously, Luke Edwards has come in. Um, I think he's had COVID. Actually, I'm sure he. Put yeah, that yeah. And I mean, media. what thoughts? Your thoughts have got to go with him. He's had a he's had a horrendous time by all accounts, and uh, obviously, your thoughts go with him. Uh, you know, hope he's hope he's feeling a bit better. But he's kind of like it feels like this week he's he's now thrown out the stories that he might have thrown out last week if he hadn't been really unwell. So I, I don't think there's much new about it. I think we've known since since the morning of the Sunday after the Brighton game that he would stay. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think there's much new in it this week. Yeah, okay. Uh, Liam's uh, he says uh, Paul says Liam, what changes to the side are you expecting in, in the lineup at the weekend? I mean, we're hearing rumours of uh, ASM and, and Wilson. Is there any more news on that? I know it's early days. I think Callum Wilson will definitely be back. Um, I, I'm eighty percent sure Wilson will be back. I would say probably more sixty percent Alan St Maximin. So I, I would suspect we're looking towards. Um, probably both those players coming back into the side. It's, it'll be a reuniting of the front three. Um, but is that going to be enough? Are they fit enough? Can can they last the uh, the full time? I'm not really sure. Um, and will it make an impact? The Spurs are a good side. Um, they might have had a lot of struggles this season, but they are a good side. Um, let's not forget that. They've got a lot of good players. And I'm not being all Steve Brucey I talking about the opposition because I know he loves doing that. But I, I genuinely, obviously, I think it's warranted this time. They, they've got a good manager, despite many people thinking he's yesterday's man. I don't. 
Um, I just think he's very outspoken, obviously. Um, but I think they've got a good manager and I think they've got a good uh, good squad with some top, top class internationals in the forward line that Newcastle United would, would give a right arm for. So even even at full strength, um, fully fit, a poor score in this game would still be a Spurs win. So you've got to look at it in that respect that Newcastle United are going to have to start pulling uh, rabbits out of hats in this last nine games. Um, and obviously, of course, Fulham play as well. Fulham play uh, before Newcastle United, I'm right, on, right in saying. Um and it could yeah. be problematic. Newcastle could go into that game again, again in the bottom three, and that's another pressure that the teams to be passing people by this week. That that that's it's another issue that we, we face going into the into the weekend um, because we it's a pressure that Newcastle felt, and we know we know from history that Newcastle United are a type of club that can pull out a result against anybody on most given days, and and that's what we love about it. But most of the time, when it matters, they're mm. not great. And let's be honest with ourselves here, when it when it comes down to it, cup finals, massive games, relegation battles, they're not great at it. Mm-hmm. So I would be very fearful if this squad, in the current climate, the way morale is, etc., other management issues, the selection issues, the fitness issues, I'd be very, very concerned if we do ever dip our heads below that um, relegation line. Anthony Emma says, great to see Liam is an advocate for recycling. My Nana's curtains from the 1970s have been put to good use. <laughs> hey, your nana had a jazzy front room, didn't you? <laughs> Mike Stewart says, does Liam think there's anything in the theory that Bruce could be deliberately sabotaging the club with weird tactics and team selections? No. No, I don't. No. Okay. Andrew Ward, Andrew Ward says, what's the latest on the arbitration case? I mean, I've, I've spoke Keith Patterson's in the chat tonight. I've had a great chat with Keith. It's a few weeks since I've spoke to him. Um, we're all literally scratching our heads because... Nothing's coming out. It's as silent. It's just silent. I mean, mm. yeah, it is. It's the waiting game, and we're all we're all in it. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. It's it's a private process, and it will remain private. And I think we'll only know um, or get any hint that things are moving in, in a certain direction when it's done. I think that's the only way we'll know. Jeff Carter's in the chat as well. He says thanks for answering the question. Do you think it prompted Rafa's departure? The whole Joe Linton thing. Uh, no, I don't think it prompted Rafa's departure. He didn't want to sign him. And, and I know, because obviously I was working with Rafa's team, and he didn't want to sign him. He was advised, um, Mike Ashley was advised not to spend the money on him. By Rafa. Rafa didn't want him. Rafa wanted to sign Rondon. He wanted Rondon permanently. Wanted to spend that money on Rondon. Um, obviously, there was other players, potentially, that they wanted to bring in. Um, but it wasn't going to happen. It was the same, and I think I've told this story before. Um, that closing transfer window where he was trying to get rid of Mitrovic, but he, you know, he didn't want Mitrovic at the club. He, he didn't rate him, and um, he couldn't sell him because he couldn't be guaranteed he'd get a replacement. He couldn't be guaranteed he'd be given yeah. the money to get a replacement. And Chris Wood had done done, done the deal uh, to go to Burnley, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. um, yeah. he was happy to come to Newcastle as long as it was a done deal, but. Couldn't couldn't do it, and I know. Listen, I know Chris Wood's not. You know, you look at Chris Wood and think, well, he's not the greatest striker, but he scores goals. And you know, I'd much rather have yeah, him up front than Joe Linton. Um, but again, that deal just didn't come off because of the whole, you know, the whole shenanigans at the club at the time and the the, you know, the situation between Rafa and the owner. It's uh, what well, a pig's ear of a mess, like absolute absolute nightmare. Lots of people got um, stories about Joe Linton. <laughs> Biggest rumor Joe sh- about Joe Shinton is that he's a footballer. In today's market, says Phil, 
Uh, be honest, what do you think Joe Linton is worth? I'd say one and a half million, and that's been generous. Uh, Paul Oxley says Joe Linton money's probably in an offshore account. Um, Swag Dog says Joe Linton deal was probably done to keep certain agents happy and sweeten the pot for further deals in the future. Lots of comments coming in about uh, about Joe Linton. We've got to give the sh uh, sponsors a shout out. I had some great chats with the sponsors this week. Uh, and honestly, we're always thankful to uh, each and every one of them for, for supporting us. And uh, it's, it's massive when you get personal calls often to say that they're over the moon about what's happened. Got a new sponsor as well coming in next week. We'll be talking more about that um, in as, as the start of the month. But a uh, big thank you again to Spider VPN. Um, great bunch of lads down there. Obviously, for your internet security, get yourself onto the website. Get yourself sorted. Internet security is very, very important. And uh, you need to get onto that now. So get into Spider VPN. Mention that you watch NUFC Matters. And I'm sure uh, they will help you out. Jordy Riffs, of course. Sport to Graham and Mrs. Riffs today. Uh, premium guitar lessons for beginners and children, guitar repairs and service and recording studio. Websites www.jordyriffs.co.uk and at Facebook, Jordy Riffs Official. Give them a follow on Instagram at Jordy Riffs. That's where they want the followers. Big shout out to uh, John and the lads and lasses at qtechshop.co.uk in Wallsend in Newcastle. They make pool tables, snooker tables and many, many other things. Looking hopefully to do some events with him after COVID as well. He's big into his snooker and uh, watch this space for some interesting stuff with me and him. And uh, Jab Signature as well, um, who've got their new range coming out very shortly. Big supporters of my professional boxing team. Always sorting uh, free gear out and have sorted me some snazzy tracksuits out in the past. John does the flyers and the posters for our show. First time visitor to the channel, click onto the Newcastle Legends uh, banner in the bottom right hand corner. Hit the like button, hit the share button uh, and comment in the chat. Uh, over 500 of you on there tonight. Give it, a, uh, give it a go. Have a chat with other like-minded Newcastle fans. If you miss any of the shows, jump onto your podcast provider, iTunes, Spotify, and the others. Uh, we're on there as well. Always good if you're out walking your dog or flying your bird or walking your cat and listening to me and Liam talking about Newcastle United. It's always a good one. This one's the most listened to as a podcast, Liam, as well, which is which is interesting because I don't do the figures for those. I don't look at them, but uh, Neil from Media Arts looks at them for us. And uh, ours is the most listened to on podcast on people's walks so it's nice to know that would not only do we get good figures when we're on yet but um, people love listening to when, when, when they're out and about mate and it doesn't it, it doesn't go underappreciated look we appreciate everybody out there and, and it's good to know that you're enjoying the content of just me and Steve waffling on on a Tuesday night which is what normally happens exactly Aaron Forrester says if we were to be relegated would it be possible for Mike Ashley to take the parachute payments and write off the debts he's owed allowing him to take a lower price for the club if the case is approved good question it's all hypothetical Aaron um, it's impossible to know how things would play out um, I just think I think we've just got to concentrate I know a lot of the focus is on on takeover on, on wanting a brighter future because it is so huge but We've purely got to focus for the next six weeks or whatever, or eight weeks, however long it may be, on staying in this division. Um, it's so huge because it's only if you re if you get relegated that the deal becomes ridiculously com complicated, and scenarios like you've just suggested there suddenly come into play. Um, and we just don't want that. This deal was relatively straightforward, um, up to the point of uh, regulatory approval. Um, it didn't get regulatory approval. It didn't even get a decision. 
but it was relatively straightforward. It was one of the, the it was an easy deal for everybody to, to strike, broker, deal, whatever. Um, it'll just become so complicated, massively complicated if you're casting a draw of the division. Yeah, the shirts are getting some great feedback, mate, by the way. Uh, Holly, uh, who was on Ladies' Night last night, thank you. Uh, she really likes it. Um, uh, Julie was asking if it's a, a sandals and shorts combo with uh, with the tops. Um, no, I don't think either of us is going to get up and reveal that. Uh, Nicholas says, Bruce must have bigger well, shoulders than me. He says, if he's prepared to face a full St. James's Park every two weeks when things get back to normal. Ah, you're right there, mate. Uh, Yano says, Toon have won seven games this season. The Cells took no part in four of those games and was sub- sub- uh, substituted at nil-nil in the other. Lascelles, is Lascelles the problem? I don't think so. I don't think Lascelles is a problem. I think Lascelles, I would argue... Um, Look, Brighton was a was a disaster for virtually everybody involved in that game. But I think previous to that, Lascelles has probably been one of the better um, better defenders in this Newcastle United side. Um, up, you know, I, I think he's form, I think he's goals. He's chipped in with a couple of crucial goals. Aston Villa won Wolves as well. He scored. Um, no, I think I think he he should stay. But but it is an interesting uh, concept that. We talked a lot about Martin Dubravka and Newcastle needing the best players in their team running into a crucial run of games. Um, and, and I still stand by that, putting Dubravka in for Darlow. Um, there is a case to say that Federico Fernandez is Newcastle's best all-round defender. And no matter what happens, you've got to make got to make a place for him. I would say, looking at Brighton, I would be more likely to, to drop Kieran Clark than, than Jamal Lascelles, even though I'm a big fan of Kieran Clark. Um, but I think Federico, it's probably now come to the time where you can't have got to play their best players, and Federico Fernandez is arguably one of their best players, and he's got to come into the side. Yeah, John Askew is asking. Keith stated a few weeks ago March was going to be a vital month for the supporters consortium case. For the many fans interested, is this and was that right? Um, look, you've spoken to Keith um, probably as much as me over the last few weeks. I think we've all just. You know, we all decided to take a big step back, and unless there was somebody coming out and saying something, um, you know, we decided not to really hammer the takeover too much. But people are starting to ask questions again. Keith did say March might be time at some point to get Keith back on the show. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have a chat with him again later this week. I think he's the best per- person to ask that. But my understanding is that there's not a great deal going on at the minute that anybody anybody knows I can talk about. It's all fairly much tied up, um, you know, with solicitors and legal. So we'll just have to wait and see. I, I presume that's the same that you've heard Liam yeah I, I concur with that Steve um, it's a good question John and I think it's a question on, on a lot of people's lips they want to know what's going on um, but unfortunately these things they do take time confidentiality is a massive thing um, and I think tied up is one one thing but I wouldn't say it's tied up in a negative way things are just uh, all work things are working away in the background but like I say um if everybody was told about them and everybody knew about what was going on, and that includes me and Steve and includes, you know, even Keith to an extent, other people with certain things that are going on in this in this process, that that, that they wouldn't be they wouldn't be going on anymore if every everybody, you know, was finding out about everything that goes on. So what I would say is I know it's frustrating, it's really frustrating for everybody, but that's um it's just it is what it is and it, and it's all very quiet at the moment. Keith trying to send us up with that one. Do you think Shelby may get an England call up? No, Keith. I'll have whatever you're smoking. <laughs> Jason Carter says, Liam, what's your thoughts on Almiron's recent comments that he wants to play for a team that fights more? Ex-England player Paul Robinson's come out and called it a slur on his teammates. 
Uh, I think that's a bad take from Paul Robinson, personally. Because when you, you looked at the full quotes, he actually said he was quite happy at Newcastle United. Uh, he likes he likes living here, likes likes playing for Newcastle United. But um, basically said he wants to play for a, a better version, effectively, of Newcastle United. And that's fine. Um, totally fine. <laughs> You're getting competitive, Ron Jeremy, now. That's brilliant. Ron Jeremy. I wish we had some uh, 70s uh, music. You know, some, a bit of Huggy Bear. That's what we need, isn't it? Uh, on Star Should I have like, a big chain on you, shouldn't I? Get a little unbuttoned down. <laughs> Fantastic. Good stuff. It's good to see the shirts have crossed, created a bit of a smile anyway. Newcastle United 1982 says, Any truth in the rumour? Bruce has got a clause in his contract where he can be sacked for nothing if we enter the relegation zone. That would be a very, very strange clause to have in a contract. That's all I'll say on that one. All right. Uh, considering how well Anderson has done with England, youth, can you see Bruce giving him a chance before the end of the season? Somebody else mentioned that earlier, but I whizzed past it. Um, can you see Anderson getting much of a run? No, I don't, think, I don't think he will. And I think it's a shame. I think having somebody of that talent in your squad who's uh, good enough for England on the 19s, um, who's good enough for Scotland squads to be looking at him, Ahead of a big major tournament in the summer. Now I think I think he should be used, and and um, I speak a lot with uh, my colleague at the Shields Gazette, Miles Starforth, and he makes a really important point on this. And he, we talked in our podcast last week about it, and he said he could understand. And I know he's put this to Steve Bruce as well. If it was a an eighteen year old centre half or an eighteen year old goalkeeper or an eighteen year old centre midfielder, even you could maybe sort of say, "Oh, I'm not sure whether now is the right time." But an attacking player in that position, I think you can kind of get away with. And and he is such a talented boy as well. A really, really good footballer. Anybody who's seen him, even if it was just for that flash of, flash of time in in the Arsenal FA Cup game that he is a very, very good footballer and it's wasted not to use that kind of talent in the, the closing weeks of the season. He's a jolly lad. He, he knows what it means to, to wear black and white. He, he bleeds black and white himself. Look, I think it's a real wasted opportunity not getting somebody like that in the team. But I would also say the same to a lesser extent for Matty Longstaff, a slightly lesser extent to Sean Longstaff. I think it's a waste not not using these players and sticking with the status quo. And I think that's what he'll do this weekend. I really hope he doesn't. I would love to see him make changes in midfield. I really hope he doesn't fill the Isaac Hayden hole with uh, a Jeff Hendrick. I just don't want to see him do that. Um, Hendrick obviously started this run in that midfield position, played on the right-hand side, if I remember rightly, of this midfield three um, in the first couple of games. Newcastle he got positive results in. Um, but he's just not good enough. He's nowhere near good enough. doesn't give anything in games. Um, doesn't influence games at all. So... I would love to see him bring one of those three young, uh, young Jolie lads in because, like I say, they know what it, they know what it means to play for Newcastle United. But not just that; they're not just token local boys. They're quality, quality footballers, particularly Elliot Anderson. Yeah, uh, loads of questions coming in. Tom Dixon says, question for Liam. If we aren't going to buy anyone in the next transfer window, do you expect us to look for loan deals again? Yeah, I'm not saying they won't buy anybody, but I wouldn't expect anywhere near the type of spending that we've seen in the last two summer windows. What was it? It was about 30 last... Uh, was it about 30-odd? 35, maybe, last uh, summer. The one previous to that was a lot more. The one previous to that was around 60, a little bit more than 60. Um, this isn't net spend, of course. This is just purely out, uh, incomings. Um, yeah, so I don't anticipate it'll be anywhere near. If it was halved again... That wouldn't surprise us. If it was a little bit less, it wouldn't surprise us. But loan deals and free transfers, they used the free market last summer 
um, bringing in, uh, look, you can't say it's gone very well with Fraser and Hendrick, to be honest. But I think there were a few people would have argued at the time that they were probably two of the better, probably two of the top three free transfers available, domestic ones, last summer, and Newcastle needed to hoover them up. Um, they're probably going to have to do something similar next season. Um, who knows? Who knows? It depends what division they're in um, as well, whether the finances, whether there is more of a need to sell as well. I think it, it, and there could be more players depart the club if they re, if they're relegated, and that might mean that could go either way. It could mean that there's there's more money to spend, but but I, I suspect it'll probably just be plugging gaps, the massive drop in revenue that you see when you draw out the division. Yeah, I would agree, mate. And I just want to cover this one before we will bring something else in. Bede says Stephen Liam, do you think we could hold on to Fernandez if we go down, especially with him being an international uh, for his country? No, I don't think so. I think he'll move on. I think if Nikasi ain't relegated, he'll move on. And I even suspect it's look. Don't don't hold us to this. These things things can change. But I think the way that it's panning out, it doesn't look like he's going to stay anyway. I think he'd probably be probably leave. He's got a, he's got a decent decent contract. He's one of the better earners at Newcastle United. Um, and I suspect he'd probably move on this summer. Shame because I like him. I like him as a player. Um, but it is what it is. You know, you can't keep everybody. And I think I think the the ones who will definitely stay, no matter what happens, are Clark and uh, Lascelles. And let's remember that they were the two centre halves who got Newcastle United promoted last time. They're good. They're good centre halves. They're good players. But I think Newcastle United arguably need a bit more quality in that sort of department. Fernandez is the best of the lot. Shaw is a good defender on his day. Um, but I suspect, like I say, I suspect probably both those players will leave this summer. Great one from Q Tech. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> That's already doing the rounds on Twitter, mate. He doesn't waste his time, John from Q Tech. Like he really, really doesn't. <laughs> Johnny Riffs, Graham, good evening. He says, uh, look and read Bobby Dazzler's the night, lads. I know some people see us not getting relegated this season, but where do you see us picking up points uh, in the next few games? Good question. Um, it's hard to see at the moment, isn't it? But I don't see why Sunday's a write-off. Um, Newcastle United traditionally always give them a good fight at home, Tottenham. They've got West Ham at home, always give them a good fight at home. Um Sheffield United, of course, is a game. They've got to go to Burnley and get something. Um, there are plenty of points to play for. You've got the likes of Arsenal. Why should Arsenal be a write-off? I don't think it should be. Um, in the last month and a half, every man and his dogs went to Liverpool and got a result. So why should we be writing it off? Why should we write that off? But I don't know. Um, I think I think realistically, um, you've got to look at you've got to go to Burnley and get something. I think they've got to get something in one of these two home games as well. I think they've got to they've got to go and uh, beat West Ham or Tottenham, um, and I think I think that's fully within a normal Newcastle United capabilities. And it'd be interesting to see how much of an impact that the two lads in the forward position coming back would be. And like I say, if people keep mentioning Fernandez. I would get him back in this side, and and if it is for Lascelles, it's for Lascelles. But I, I'd be unlikely to drop me skipper, especially when he's been playing reasonably well. Um, but I'd have to get him back in the side for me. Because that's that's the is he core. worth the that's start, the Fernandez? John Askew's asking, is he worth the start? I would say yes, definitely, hundred percent. Then you've got the core of core of the team that, that that's been missing. Your Fernandez, your Debravka's back, your Callum Wilson. You've got the core of the team there that effectively you want. We know the midfield's weak. We know that it's always been weak. Um, but we're going to have to try and get by with the players that they've got. I just hope. I just really hope we don't go into a game against Tottenham. Um, expecting John Joe Shelby and, and 
Jeff Hendrick to perform. Joe Willock, I'm not going to... A lot of people have rounded on him recently because his form's been really patchy. I mean, it's not been patchy, it's been poor. Um, he's a young lad, not been involved in this before. He's come here to play a certain role. Newcastle United have not um, been playing well enough to get him involved in games, effectively. He's a break, He's a midfielder who's meant to break forward, break beyond the centre-forward, uh, pick up pockets of space into holes, cause problems across the back line, um, which have been when sort of a Callum Wilson's punched holes in the back line. He's not been able to do that. He was brought in to, to play that role, and he's just looked like a lost boy in midfield, I would say, for the last five games, four, maybe four of those games. Um, so I'm not going to lay too much blame on him, but the experience alongside him doesn't warrant being in there, Hendrick and Shelby. Uh, Newcastle United have relied on John Joe Shelby far, far too heavily over the years. And it's one of the problems as to why we, we find ourselves where we are. He's not the main problem. He isn't He isn't the, the, the biggest problem at the football club, but it just doesn't look good. He's not. A, it's not a good look when you've got a lad, you play with 10 men um, when you haven't got the ball um, because he doesn't do the running. He'll never track a man. Or he might do it once, when the cameras are on him at the start of the game, but he'll not do it. He'll not do it in the 80th minute. He'll not do it in the 60th minute because he just hasn't got it in a minute. That's an attitude thing, and that's why when he went to Liverpool, he didn't succeed. That's why Swansea were happy to give him to us. You know what I mean? It's because he's not. He's got some talent, but his application's rubbish. And and if you rely, it's not the type of person you want standing alongside you in the trenches when you're about to go over. And unfortunately, that's what Steve Bruce values. He values that and he values Jeff Hendrick and, and players like this and that's why we are where we are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ken Walker says the whole of the Sheffield United backroom staff have left the club today. Are they on their way are they on their way up here? I don't think so, no. I think unless 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 we're gonna have it um we're gonna fill the other dugout as well. And Steve <laughs> he's already got about eight coaches with him by, by his side. So unless we're gonna fill it out with a few more. Jody Riffs, it says, it's Mrs. Riffs, actually. Sorry, Mrs. Riffs. Uh, thank you for your question. Mark Cooper says, I can't see us buying Tony or Armstrong. We won't have 20 or 30 million pounds to spend. Yeah, that's been the rumour flying around since last Tuesday that we're going to go for one of our strikers that we let go. Um, they've both done really well in the Championship, it has to be said, but I think anybody who goes in under uh, Steve Bruce at the minute would be a nightmare anyway. They'd soon, they'd soon stop scoring goals. But yeah, I mean, Armstrong seems to be the strong one. Tony just seems to be in linked as well. But could you say Armstrong coming back up here? Especially with Newcastle having that close in the contract, which would mean that it would get him for probably around about £12 million. Yeah, I think... Uh, look, you can't rule anything out. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I think... I just don't think there'd be a lot of money. Like I say, I think you'd have to go and sign an Armstrong and, and, and spend most of your budget. And you're castinated if they get relegated, relegated are most likely going to have to strengthen in, in those forward areas because that's probably where they're going to lose most of their talent. Um, and that's where they've got most of their saleable assets as well. So I would say they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to reinvest some of that cash that comes in to put a forward line together. Um, do I see Adam Armstrong being part of that forward line? Again, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised, but I'm sure the player would come back. Um, you've got to look at Adam Armstrong's career, and he's had he's had an unbelievable time under Tony Mowbray. That's it's it's like when he's walked hand in hand with Tony Mowbray. It's it's a manager who gets him, and he's performed really well under him. And my concern, even if you do sign him, I think he's a great player, and I've said it on here before. Um, he's the one who I would have persisted with. I don't think he was um, nurtured properly as a young a young player. 
Um, I think he could have spent more time out than he did. I know he had certain loan deals. I think he was used too young in Newcastle United. Um, but I think I think there is a right player there. But I'd also have concerns about whether you take him back out from that from under the wing of Tony Mowbray. Does it? Does he then become um, a lesser player? And I think that'll be a question mark for wherever he goes. Okay, uh, Liam. Why do you think Fraser looks a different player for Scotland? Says Sean. Plays a totally different role, Sean. Totally different role. Yeah. And he probably cares a bit more. Probably cares a bit more playing for Scotland because I think his attitude has has been stinking this season, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Alan Miller says let's keep the faith. Uh, it's the best thing we have at Newcastle. Um, lots of uh, lots of different comments coming in. Let's look ahead to the Tottenham game um, a little bit. I mean, it's yeah, international breaks that either work or, or they don't work for for teams. We've had a, a longer break than most. We've had six days off out of a potential nine. Um, you know, it's still a car crash surrounding Newcastle. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about potential players coming back. Um, Spurs, I think Son returns. Of course he does. Uh, you know he's he's been out for a bit, but he's he's back in contention. They've got a whole host of stars at Tottenham. Statistically, um, they're looking to to, to level, um, well, to, to, to set a new record uh, for four straight wins at St James's Park. Um, Moreno, of course, who didn't used to travel well at St James's Park, again beat you know beat that particular hoodoo last year by getting a win. Um, the signs don't look good, do they? No, I don't think they do. Um, like I say, traditionally do well against Tottenham, so I'm, I'm really harking back. Probably, like you say, probably three three years now and, and previous to that. Um, but I don't think Newcastle United are in a position where they can write any game off. They've got to go out and, and play play the game to get points. Whatever game, they can't write anything off. I include every single game that Newcastle United have got this season, no matter how hard it looks on paper. Other teams at the bottom of this division aren't writing games off like we do. It's like a defeatist mentality. Before we walk into a game, we've already lost 2-0. And, and if it's anything better than that, then then we've done really well. Um I just don't think I don't think Fulham are walking into the into games thinking exactly the same. I don't think Burnley have been doing that. I don't think Brighton have been doing that. But I think Newcastle United's got a real um it's got a real problem. It's got a real problem with that, in my opinion. And I'm not that's not a criticism of the fans, or a criticism of whoever. I think it's just a, a strain that runs through throughout everybody. I feel it. <laughs> like I feel it sometimes. You do write these games off, but I just don't believe people elsewhere around the country uh, at other clubs are doing exactly the same as Newcastle United do. I just don't believe that they write. So there's nine games left. Okay, well, we'll not get points in five of those because we're playing X, Y, and Z. I just don't believe that's the case. You've got to go and play the games. You've got to go and get the results. Um, this is... the the, the It's probably been helped, the fact we haven't had a game. There might be a slight bit of positivity in me here, but it's still in Newcastle United's hands. Um, Fulham, even if Fulham um, get the first shot in um, and win prior to Newcastle United, they'll only have seven games left. Newcastle United will still have nine games and they'll be one point behind. Look, it couldn't be any more in your own hands. You've got to go and get results and they've got to start with Tottenham. Tottenham have got fantastic players. Harry Kane, Son, like you said, Hoiberg has been fantastic this season. They've got quality uh, running throughout their team. Um, but they can be got at. Um, the fullbacks are iffy at times. The goalkeeper has got a mistake or two in him. But can you can you can Newcastle United really um pressure them enough to cause them problems? You'd like to think so with Callum Wilson, even a half fit Callum Wilson will be better than playing with a Joe Linton. 
Um, even a half fit Alan St. Maximin will be better, better than playing with Ryan Fraser. Um, I think Newcastle United have really got to go for it. But the midfield thing is, is I keep coming back to the point I made before. That's my biggest problem area. That I just think he needs to make some brave decisions. Yeah. Um, and drop some people that you normally drop. Um, Jeff Hendrick hasn't can't come in again because it's it's already it already feels like you're one one nil down when you start a game with a pedestrian midfield like that with, with Hendrick and or non-existent midfield when you you haven't got the ball because they don't press they don't hassle they don't hurry. Um, I say I say with with or without the ball, Jeff Hendrick is invisible with and without the ball. He doesn't do anything with it. Um, and he doesn't do anything without it. Um, Shelby's the opposite. Shelby can do things with the ball, but chooses not to, which is where the, the application comes in. Um, and I think that's that's the big problem for me is is if he gets the mid... If we, we get to an hour before kickoff and he's made a couple of really positive changes in the midfield and said, right, you know what? I'm going to play Sean and I'm going to play Matty and I'm going to play Willock. That's my midfield. I think I think a lot of people would look at that and go, oh, actually, I you know what? I can't. I can't complain. He's, you know, he's actually made some positive changes that we, we might want to make ourselves. Um, or even if he just makes one of those changes, then and you see, say a Wilson back or whatever. It's a lot of changes to make in one game, but that's what you have coaches for. That's what you've got big decisions. There aren't a lot of games left. And that's what you have a squad for. You've got to play these players. See, Bruce is so stuck in his ways. Um, likes to stay as cool. I don't suspect he'll make anywhere near the amount of changes that we want him to make. I think it'll be Jeff Hendrick in for, for Isaac Hayden. And then I think um <laughs> I need like I haven't got I haven't got like long I know my hair's long, but it's not like it's not like Ron Jeremy long, is it? It's a classic. <laughs> I cut you off in your prime there, mate. I cut you off in your prime. People will be laughing at that though. Um well done to Q Tech for that. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's. Uh, I mean, look, it's. It's all up in the air, isn't it? Really, it just depends. It just depends on on who's fit and who's available. Um, the warm on a rush. The warm on a rush. Wilson and ESA back if they're not a hundred percent. May start on the bench, but um, it's the midfield he's got to get right. And I mean, you know, Hendrick and Shelby. Dear me, how it's, it's. You just groan when you hear it, don't you? You do, and that's the thing. It's a. It's, a, it's just an intent, isn't it? If he goes, um, if he goes with that kind of midfield, then it's it's. It just shows a lack of willingness to go and win, a lack of, you know, I don't know. It would just frustrate, it would frustrate the life out of me if, if we see that team again and, and it almost feels like you're 1-0 down walking into a game that, that you're casting it, you need to go and win. Yeah, Philip says, uh, our midfield without Shelby and Hendrick should be Willock, both Longstaffs and Miggy. What's your thoughts on that, Liam? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think... Um, I think obviously it's a three that they normally play, so I would have Miggy as that that false nine, and it frustrates a lot of people out there. But um, yeah, I would, I would, I think that's probably fair, and that's like I said before, that's what I would go with the long staffs and, and Almiron a little bit further forward. Um, and I don't know who you would have probably playing the pivot. Uh, maybe Sean, Sean would potentially have to do that, and I know it doesn't suit him necessarily, but I'd probably play Sean there um, and allow Matty and uh, and Willock to do the running alongside him. 
Tim Cairn says Bruce isn't at the training ground, so how can he evaluate the team? Uh, Martin Heron, slightly more optimistic. He says, no matter what, at some stage, we've got to win some games, but I don't see it at the moment. Uh, Rafa Benitez, as God says, if Mourinho plays a wing-back system like Brighton, Chelsea did, they'll pull our narrow diamond apart like they did, which is a really good point. Uh, Keith Longworth, he says, uh, if we can't beat West Brom in Brighton, what chance have we got against Tottenham? Uh, Mark Cooper says, if Hendrick was invisible, he would be a great player. <laughs> I think you'd get a lot of people agreeing with that. Um, David Reed says, it's going to be really exciting. Get your medicine and let's get behind our lads. And uh, Jason Carter says, Liam, the game against Brighton was a perfect time for a statement of intent and they blew it big time. We can't expect much, much against Spurs. And Tim Cairns says, it's all about, uh, Sunday's game is all about rolling our sleeves up and getting stuck in. We might get a surprise. So plenty, plenty of uh, humour, I would say, in the chat tonight. And uh, Train Sun says, Ron Jeremy and the Longstaffs in the same conversation. <laughs> uh, Jeff says, yes, man. You won't, yes, man. won't get that on any other podcasts. You won't get that on the other podcasts. So, yeah. It's true. <laughs> like, uh, Keith says, Hendrick and Shelby are two attacking midfield players. Uh, what Liam's shirt is to fashion. <laughs> Life Goal says, Fraser. Anderson Wide, Almiron behind Wilson, ASM Super Sub. Uh, and Alan, Mil- uh, Alan Miller says, midfield, the known engine room of any team. Hendricks and Shelby, two worn out pistons. Uh, Ian says, Liam, it's good that you can talk NUFC up, uh, but with the owner we have, the utter crap manager, the lack of a midfield, and no one able to score, score a goal, we are down already. Rafa Benitez says, if you had a choice, go on. Sorry, sorry, Ian. I get it, but we're not, and that's the thing. Like we cannot, we cannot give up. Like even if, and, and we can't have the squad give up. We need some characters in there to really pull together. And you see, you don't like the manager. We've got to get some kind of performances. They've got to scrape the odd result. And I think they've got enough players in there to do that. We can't give up like that. And I get it. I do get it. It feels really negative at the moment. But at this stage of the season, Fulham are still worse than Newcastle United, and they've played a game more. Um, it's getting closer, it's getting tighter, and it'll probably only continue to do so if Newcastle keep playing the way they are. But we kind of give up hope because there's still nine games to go. Uh, Rafa Benitez, as God says, if you had the choice of playing the game and trying to win or just taking a draw before kickoff, uh, what would you choose? I'd settle for a draw at the weekend, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah because of the opposition, you, I think if you offered a draw before the game, you would take it. Yeah, take it, take it. Nil nil draw. Jason Carter says, Tubbs and Crockett, great show. <laughs> Tom Dixon's just wanting to know what what's your thoughts on Bruce having six days off? Uh, he's probably spent a lot of it in the northwest, hasn't he? Probably quite enjoy being back home for a few days. So hopefully he's had a nice time away from away from the Newcastle United bubble, which he's done absolutely nothing to to get involved with since he's come back to his hometown um, nearly two years ago. So yeah, I think he's probably quite happy with it. I think some of the players will probably be quite happy with it as well. Um, I do look. I, let's be serious. There is merit in giving players more time off when you get the opportunity because the the truncated nature of pre-season didn't allow for players to get up with the levels of fitness that they probably could have before. I would argue Nicasinati's levels of fitness are below anybody else's anyway. Um, but I do think there's been problems in, in scheduling. And I don't disagree with giving the odd um, the odd extra day off when, uh, when it's available. Um, but I also, by the same token, uh, don't agree with... Um, the hands-off nature. I think there could have yeah. been a lot more done. I believe that you don't have to give the players necessarily all those days off. You could have had them in 
for a day, just just being around the place, being a squad, being together ahead of a real battle. You know, the battle lines have been drawn with nine games to go. You could have had the players in watching uh, videos, not Ron Jeremy ones. You could have had, you could have had the players, um, you know, <laughs> in there. You know, but he could have, there could have been a lot of things they could have done without having to run people into the ground. They could have worked on shape, on drills. I just think it's probably too many days off, but I can see why they've done it. So, again, it's, it's sometimes hard to criticise. Train Sun says Ron Jeremy has his own long staff. <laughs> I get what you did. I see what you did there. Life Ghoul says, I actually quite like Steve's shirt. Where can I get a similar one? Uh, they were available at Pretty Green, mate, but I, I think I got the last one. And then the, the shop closed. I think they only do online now. I, I think if you just type in horrendous shirt, Pretty Green, you'll be able to find it, though. Uh, Paul NUFC says, is Elliot Anderson the next Adam Armstrong and Ivan Tony, or have we learned our lesson? Good question, Paul. Uh, Liam, have we learned our lesson? Newcastle haven't learned their lesson. They haven't learned their lesson with the long staff. So you get some half decent Geordie lads come through the academy and they just get treat awful, like really awful. Matty Longstaff should be out playing games in the championship. Um, he should be going um learning his craft. So should Elliot Anderson, there was off us there. Um these lads should be playing games and becoming better footballers, ready to pull on the black and white and be better for it. But if they weren't gonna play here, they should have went out. And it's just that they won't learn their lesson. They'll consistently until there's until there's an absolute overhaul of this football club, um, of the way that youngsters are, the, the scouting, the coaching, the ethos, the, the whole training methods, everything. Until there's a, a new broom that sweeps through, Newcastle, it will consistently fail young kids coming through the academy, and that's not down to the, the people who run it. There are some really good people there uh, in and around the academy, but. I just think there needs to be an overhaul. There needs to be um, better planning. They've tried by bringing Schuller in with the, the loan stuff. It's just, I mean, Matty Longstaff should have went on loan. That's not on Schuller's shoulders. That's on Steve Bruce's shoulders. Um, uh, Elliot Anderson could have gone out and got games. What benefit is he having at the moment playing one twenty-three game in five because he's part of the first-team bubble? Yeah. Um, not even mixing with those players. Not even mixing with the, with the people his own age, um, just just training. It's all he's done four days a week. Come in and just train, train, train. Not even got on the bus or on the plane on a Saturday. Um, I just don't see what he would have benefited. He could have went to Luton, who wanted him. I think it was Luton. Could have went there and 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 been playing games. Took a few hard knocks. Um, learned learned his craft, sharpened his tools. Matty Longstaff could have been doing exactly the same thing, but no, they know best. It's just making the same mistakes over and over again. Yes. Uh, last, Ben Dover still going strong. Apparently, he's a canny age now. I know him, actually, Paul. I, yeah, I'm actually good friends with him. Um, yeah, just last chance to promote uh, You know what you do, Liam, where people can find you, mate. Uh, yeah, just just as you see down here, uh, at Liam J. Kennedy 23. Um, give us a follow if you like what I do on here. I work for the Shields Gazette. Um we work with subscription systems, so if you like the kind of work that I do on here, you like the kind of long reads that I write, the analysis, all that kind of thing, give us subscribe. It's it's you know you don't you don't get decent journalism for free now. Um, it's only a pound a week or two pound a week or something. It's it's pennies, you know what I mean? It's a it's a pick and mix from the corner shop. So um, yeah, just just um, back us if you can. Come on, subscribe, and obviously make sure you subscribe to this show as well to make sure you get notifications of when we're coming on every week. 
God, this whole this whole porn thing's taking over. Keith, Keith's having a crack at you, but um, someone says Jason Carter's put Seymour Butts was also in the scene a while back. Yeah, another another classic. Uh, how's the yeah still blocked? I'm afraid, uh, but thanks for asking, Mark. We're getting there slowly but surely. I've had more suggestions for this ear than anything else. I need one of those big like trumpets. I think that's what I need to stick in my ear. But uh, great show uh, as always. It, and I was never too is is never too. Um, it, it just drags on, doesn't it? We, we need more time really for this show, but. I keep saying we'll do we'll do a longer one when uh, when the takeover goes through, Liam. That's that that's the plan, eh? We'll do what we'll do like a watch along as we get steadily more and more drunk through the night. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we should do. Wearing these shirts because if we're sick, no one no one will see it, mate. Yeah. Uh, I'm back tomorrow night, uh, six o'clock till seven o'clock. Um, I'm joined by the retro crew, of course, George and Neil Mitchell, Steve Hasty. Uh, Stu Penman and Steve Wilkinson were looking at games between Newcastle United and Leicester City always enjoyed doing that show always some great memories some great games to talk about as well uh, so join us at 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock tomorrow night and uh, Liam you have a good week mate and uh, I will see you next week take care right cheers <laughs>